This is DGMT's Learning Lunch, and I'm your host, Rahima Esop. In early 2022, a new hashtag was introduced to throngs of social media users. The hashtag Kiredi went viral on the popular micro video platform TikTok, in large part thanks to the launch of the Kiredi to Flex Challenge, an initiative that invited young people to take control of the communication about COVID 19. Hashtag Kiredi challenged them to frame COVID-19 and vaccination-related messages in their own style using social media as their canvas. To show them that their ideas had value, the most creative and persuasive messages stood a chance to win prizes, totaling thousands of rands each week between March and April 2022. Now, this campaign is deliberately unbranded, representing the views of young people by young people. Because it became clear to the team running the campaign very early on that young people did not want to hear from government or from politicians. So Kiredi created opportunities for young people to hear from doctors their own age, known as the Vax Squad. Several months after the launch, the campaign's objectives evolved, but its principles remained the same. No jargon and no judgment unfiltered health information for young people, by young people. So today I'm joined by the creative brainchild behind this campaign, Lebu Mochekwa. Lebu and his colleagues are part of DGMT's Demand Acceleration Task Team. I think a bit of background is probably useful for our listeners about how you and I met. I first met you a few months ago when I became curious about what I could learn from Kiredi's strategy in relation to the project that I'm working on. So I reached out to you and you were more than happy to share what you've learned along the way. So... To our listeners, if you are working on a project that requires young people's support or participation, this conversation is really for you. Welcome, Lebu. It's so nice to have you here today. Hey, Tada. Thank you. Thank you for hosting us here. This is Lebu Motseko from the Kiredip Group. Uh, we are here to share as much information as we can. Shout. Thanks, Lebu. And we're also joined by Sarah Karim. Sarah is a doctor by profession who is part of the Kiredi team. Hi, thank you for letting me join this podcast. Great to be here. Let's start with how this campaign came about. Young people were saying they are tired of hearing from organizations. They don't trust um, communication necessarily from the government. So that is pretty much how basically we then engage with young people. They then said to us, we want a campaign that basically puts young people at the center, not the vaccine. They said also it's about them and, and, and them first. So nothing about us without us. So they wanted a campaign that basically involves young people. And also they said that from a healthcare point of view, they wanted to talk to young doctors and, and, and young nurses, people that they can relate to uh, in general. So that is pretty much how the Kiridi campaign came about. Research told you that young people were tired of hearing from people who they believed were detached from their own lived experience. So Kiridi's appeal and its credibility stemmed from the fact that it was young doctors themselves who were sharing health information. So tell me about how this was rolled out and the impact that it's had. Oh, fantastic. So what we basically have done, we launched Kiredi uh, February 2022. In Pretoria, the Minister of Health was also there to endorse it as an unbranded campaign. And I think that's a very key thing that needs to to be communicated here um, as one of the key learnings that we, you don't have to always rely on a organization 
uh, or, or, or to, to, to get your credibility. So one of the things then w- what we also did, we had a competition called Ready to Flex that was, was basically telling young people, like, look, look, it's, it's, it's your turn now to tell us how you want us to communicate vaccines to you. So in this competition, we said to them, do any creative work that basically promotes vaccination amongst young people. And then you will stand a chance to win your share of 100,000 rand on a weekly basis. Right, we ran this competition, I think, for like six six weeks, and we got a lot of young people who are submitting creative work that we still repurpose today that talks to young people from another young person who is saying, this is how you should be telling us about vaccines. So they were, they were rapping, they were dancing, they were doing poetries, they were doing paintings. There's a lot of stuff that they did that was very creative in the way that they feel this is how you actually talk to young people about vaccinations. Let's play one of the clips from uh, those young people who were involved in the Get Ready to Flex challenge. I got a message for you girls and boys out there. Vaccination is the way to go, so don't be scared. How do you reach people, young people in particular, who don't have access to data or internet connectivity? Those that don't have data or anything of that sort or a smartphone, we now partner with NGOs. They have access to certain toolboxes digitally that they are able to download and actually give that information to young people. And these are NGOs that actually focus on young people. So we deliberately chose those ones. And then what we've also done deliberately also was to make sure that we also have those NGOs that are operating in the outskirts. I'll give you an example. When we did the Ready to Flex competition, we gave NGOs, I think, about 5,000 rent. That 5,000 rent was supposed to be used or was used for stationery, was used to buy data for, for, for their phones to assist young people to be able to submit their competition submissions, right? So that's what we did. Kiredi is essentially a behavior change campaign that seeks to increase healthcare-seeking behavior among the youth. Tell me about the guiding principles of this campaign. I like that question because we've been asked so many times by people who say, so who owns Kiredi? Kiredi is owned by young people of South Africa. It's their property. It's the first is about that. It needs to connect with young people. It needs to be a place where young people feel comfortable to be themselves, to ask tough questions and to actually get the information that they're looking for. Those are just some of the guide principles of, of Kiri. We always make sure that from the pillars of what Kiri is about, we must always be accessible, which is why we make sure that digitally we are accessible to them, right? We are approachable. If they want to to reach us on a various WhatsApp, now they can. And now we're going to be available to them now on the ground. So those are just some of the fundamentals that makes Kiredi such a unique proposition. I mentioned in my introduction that we are also joined by Sarah Karim, who is a doctor by profession, and she is part of the Kiredi team. Sarah, what drew you to the campaign in the first place? What I like about Kiredi is just that it's such a young and youthful and fun campaign for young people it's their time to shine and give them a platform and also create that open channel between them and young healthcare professionals so they can raise their concerns and anxieties and get their questions answered without any judgment. How did you come to be part of the campaign in the first place? 
Basically, I was fresh out of community service, so that was part of my mandatory in-service training in the Department of Health, and I actually saw a WhatsApp forwarded messages recruiting young doctors who are able to, um, you know, create that connection with young people and encouraging them to get vaccinated for COVID-19. How do you engage with them? What sort of technology do you use? What platforms do you use? We are active on all social media, so TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp. And then we also on community radio stations across the country in different languages, so that is actually relatable to, um, we're not excluding anyone. And um, we also do face-to-face engagements. We've done um, community dialogues with faith-based organizations, as well as partnering with community-based organizations in the area um, to meet with young people face face-to-face and have that sort of engagement. So currently I am full on into Kiredi and um, excited for what's going to be happening next. What is going to be happening next, at least from your from your understanding or your role in it? Sure. So so firstly, Kiredi um, started as a COVID-19 vaccination drive for the youth, but now we have realized that they is still other healthcare issues that we need to be targeting. So during the pandemic, I'm sure we all felt the pinch of it and other healthcare issues have been sort of forgotten about, but is actually still very much present in our community. So that is, you know, TB, HIV, unwanted pregnancy or teenage pregnancies. There's still all of those issues to deal with. So we are offering full packages of integrated healthcare services together with COVID-19 vaccination. And this will be a mobile outreach that will be in KZN, Gauteng, Western Cape and Eastern Cape. So watch the space. Clearly, you have a wide reach. Your audience is young people. The aim is behavior change, particularly improving or increasing healthcare seeking behavior. Now, how do you then take those young people and funnel them to the right services, uh, those services that are provided by civil society? Tell me about those links and partnerships if they exist. All right. So if you go on the Kiredi dossier dossier, you will find like a directory. In that directory, we put everything from A to Z that we feel young people based on the various inquiries that come forth, we put those things there. So it could be suicidal lines, for example, uh, depression, GBV, whatever that young people need. We basically vet those organizations and then we put them on our on our website to make it more convenient for young people if they need any information. Tell me about how you've been able to segment your audience so that you can speak to the right people on the platforms that they have access to. See, Raima, everyone tends to think all young people are the same. And they are not the same. So some of the things that we had to come to terms with was to first look at where they, li- they, they, are, they are going to school, where they are living. In an underdeveloped township where there's things like a high rate of unemployment, um, hardly have electricity, despite that even before, this is even before uh, uh, load shedding. Um, What then are the dynamics of a young person who lives in that space? So you you are now saying that it's exam time. That individual who lives in an underdeveloped township, they face different things to the one who lives in a developed township. Now a developed, developed township, those people go to work. Those people are, are, are employed. So that means already in that 
kind of a, a segment of the township, what you're now going to get is people probably who have some form of a medical aid, whereas the under, underdeveloped don't have any form of medical aid. So they rely on public service um, or pub, uh, uh, public clinics and so forth to get their, 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 their things that they need. So we have to come into terms with that. Right, that even in terms of access to money or resources, the one who lives in an underdeveloped township doesn't have the same resources as the other one. So I think that's the first thing, the way we have to first get our our our, our minds right. We should be careful not to be communicating to ourselves and being and doing communication that is convenient for us just to take the box to say at least we are talking to young people. We needed to make sure that our communication it lands. To a point where they started to feel like, how? How do they know that we use the word cloth cloth? And how brave are they to put the word cloth cloth out there? Something that we speak amongst ourselves, but we've never actually seen someone who actually writes it and saying, I'm ready to cloth cloth. You know, when we talk about four five, it's their language. We're talking about things that they can now say, you know, someone is decoding our things. Someone is, there's a snitch around us here, guys. And that's the kind of conversation that you want where we're stirring the pot you know, in our communication. We were able to achieve that by first going to ground zero, which is understand who are we talking to? What kind of environment are they dealing with? So in, for example, the youth is dealing with unemployment. They're dealing with drugs, they're dealing with depression. They've they've went and studied and got their qualification, but they cannot get a job. Those are the realities that they're talking to. So then we come and say to them, hey, come get vaccinated. They're like, it's like, you don't understand my challenges. You are telling me that your one, your 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 mandate is a priority. My priorities are this. Can we talk about this? And all of the stuff that are their challenges actually does put burden on the healthcare. So you're saying that in order to truly know your audience, in order to truly understand your audience, you need to listen to them through social listening and gathering data, which Kereri has done, and then speak to them in the language that they are currently using. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And and I always say to uh, my, my colleagues, when do you know you've listened? When do you know you've listened? When you don't have an answer. You've listened. Because you're going now to go and look for an answer. You know, um, you know we don't have all the answers, mm. but we always believe in the principle that the best way of any digged up forest to go talk to the locals. Mm. So we talk to young people. We provide uh, platforms for them to give us feedback. They can give it to us in a way that is harsh, that they criticize, whatever. But we need to know their reality in order for us to be able, one, to design solutions that actually talk to them in the way that is packaged, in the way that is convenient for them. Kiredi hasn't been around for very long. But with these challenges and with the WhatsApp group, which you mentioned in a previous conversation, has about 50,000 users. Yeah, 52,000. 52,000 to be exact. So there is uh, reach and engagement. Tell me about what you've learned about um, running a behavior change campaign and how other civil society organizations can reach that level and an an even higher level of engagement with young people? Because people are sending you a message on WhatsApp, they're expecting prompt response. So we obviously use a bot um, to give you that quick response that that we're acknowledging what uh, the the inquiry or the question you've sent. And then we quickly then do check uh, the question that you've sent. If the Autobot 
uh, or automated uh, messaging did not uh, satisfy you. All right. So that's things that we we we've uh, we've done. And then uh, what we also find is we are very people find us to be very useful in that we also give them uh, a network of places they can go to. Remember, I mentioned. Uh, earlier as well that you can go on our website and you get a directory so we also have more than that so we are quite helpful you know to them and then what we seems to get also are two types of people that engage with us the first ones that we we get are people who will send you a message and then when they send the message they get their response they are satisfied they are gone and then you get what i call the return soldiers they always come back every time for a lot of questions. So you've become like an egg in the ant, but for health for them, where they feel like they can always come to you, like, this is what I'm going through. And what is also great, because it's a 24-hour WhatsApp line, you know, they are able to send questions even at, like, the wee hours when they really feel more vulnerable and stuff. And then we are able to see those those as well. And we always pride ourselves in that we have to have responded within 24 hours if we are not able to respond immediately at that time. Because it's been going uh, for 10 months now, uh, this WhatsApp line, we've been able now to kind of like ascertain the kind of questions that people tend to send to us. So they can be about babies, they can be about sex, they have to do with alcohol. So we're able now to group those uh, and develop a frequently asked question template that actually will respond automatically when someone sends us these questions. That's really interesting particularly with regards to WhatsApp, which for some civil society organizations, this might still be a very new platform, especially the integration of a bot. Perhaps some civil society organizations don't have the resources for for that type of um, engagement. Aside from, you know, the, the digital media aspect of this campaign, what advice can you give civil society organizations about behavior change campaigns targeting the youth? If you could think of three things, what what would they be? All right. So one, keep it real. If, if you are talking to young people, you must understand that you are talking to them in their platform, in their territory. You are the guest, not the other way around. Even if they're at your office, you are the guest. Make them comfortable so that they can keep it real and they can actually open up uh, to you that's one mm. two young people you know they also want you to be knowledgeable by the time they come to you they probably inquired on google done their own research etc 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 so they want you to be frank honest Just tell me like it is do not sugarcoat it or anything of that sort they don't like that young people they simply do not like that and lastly access be accessible in every platform that they are in be accessible. Part of being accessible is I can walk to you maybe if I need that. And which is why now we have provided them with these uh, mobile uh, outreach events uh, that we are now making ourselves also accessible on the ground. But accessible is such a key thing to, to, to young people. Um, because if you are not accessible, especially at the time when they're like, I really need you, then what's the point? Well, thank you, Lebu, for always keeping it real and keeping it real on this podcast. I really appreciate you coming through. Um, Like I mentioned in my introduction, I met Lebu a few months ago and felt that he absolutely needed to share his story on this podcast. So thanks for coming through. Hey, Tara, thank you. And uh, on behalf of all the Get Ready crew, (laughs) see you around.
now over to you, those listening to this podcast. Using what you have heard today, you can try this reflective exercise to begin the process of thinking through your behavior change campaign. You'll need a pen and paper to write down these steps or download the takeaway sheet from our website, learninglunch.dgmt.co.za. Write down the following questions and spend some time reflecting on them by yourself and then share your reflections with your colleagues. Who is my audience? What do they value? What do they need from me? What is their relationship to me? How can I reach them? And what's in it for them? This was DGMT's Learning Lunch, and I'm your host, Rahima Esop. Until next time.